0: Ephesians chapter five this morning, Ephesians chapter five, and um, I'm going to give you just kind of a brief overview of what we're at, of where we are up till now. I want to try to finish this this morning, so we're going to try to go through this a little bit quickly. Next Sunday, obviously, is our Sunday school breakfast, and so we're gonna we're not going to be doing a lesson next Sunday, um, and then we're at Christmas, and so uh, I really want to get this done this morning. But we're talking about paying with foreign currency, and the and we're using the example of. You know, maybe a currency exchange. You go overseas. There's uh, there's a currency exchange with the British pound, or I mentioned the Moldovan lei and the Romanian legs. We were just there, and uh, there's there's a currency exchange. And sometimes, if you don't get the exchange right, you end up paying a whole lot more than you than you expected to pay, or uh, you know, obviously there's problems. And so, what we're talking about, and and this is number one, but that's currency differences. Currency differences, and the, and the thing is. Uh, first of all, we have the same grace, but we have different needs uh, as husbands and wives. And um, if we don't understand those needs, a husband doesn't understand his wife's needs and a wife doesn't understand her husband's needs, then you're not going to be on the same page. And so we, t- we started talking uh, last week about currency types. And by that, we mean that first of all, the husband's currency is respect. A husband's currency is respect, and by that I mean that a husband's, a husband's uh, uh, the currency that a husband most needs and most understands is respect. Um, that's the, you know, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 22, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and he's the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Uh, and, and, and we talked about this last week, but I think that's an important point to note that, this, that, that the fact that the wife is mentioned first kind of underscores the importance of her role in the marriage. Uh, now, and we talked about this and we will continue to talk about this uh, as we go throughout this, but, but a husband ought to give his wife respect too doesn't mean that just because the wife should respect her husband, that the husband doesn't give any respect to his wife. He should, but the, but the currency that a husband most needs and a husband most understands is the idea of respect. Now, the Greek word translated submit in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 22 is hupotasso, and that it means to arrange under, to subordinate, to subject oneself. And the important part of this is that there is a decision involved in this, meaning the, the wife has to determine and make the decision to give her husband that respect. I mentioned Joyce Rogers wrote this in relation to the wife's role in marriage. Uh, to prove submission is a wonderful concept. Jesus became the ultimate illustration of its validity. Although he was co-equal and co-eternal with the Father, he was completely submissive to the Father's will. Jesus Christ and God are co-equals. Jesus is not more important than God. God's not more important than Jesus. They're co-equals. They're, they're the same. They're, they're God. And yet Jesus chose to bring himself into submission to the will of the Father because that was his role. And that's the same thing that has to happen in a marriage. <clears throat> Doesn't mean that the husband's more important in the marriage. Doesn't mean that the wife is, you know, is, is you know... Uh, not as valuable in a marriage, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that at all. It just means that this is the role that God chose for the wife, and that was to give the husband respect and to, sub, and to be in subjection to the husband. By the way, this is not in the lesson, but I came across this this week. Turn over to Genesis chapter 3, and I think this is a really interesting point. Uh, it's, it's not necessarily that um, uh, Genesis chapter 3, and of course, you know the story of the fall of man, uh, Eve was tempted by the serpent, which here's an interesting point, too. Did, did you ever realize that, that the serp, serpent came and talked to Eve and told her that, you know, Yo, you don't have to worry about that, you know, you eat the fruit, it's fine, God's just a fruit. Eve didn't think that it was strange that the serpent was talking to her, you know, so it makes me wonder if maybe that's the way that it was back in the garden, all the animals talked, you know. I mean, the first thing to me is, what in the world, this, why is this snake talking to me, you know. Uh, but the serpent comes, tempts Eve, Eve takes of the fruit and then gives some to her husband. And then because of that, there's a curse. The snake is going to crawl on his belly, which by the way, there's evidence in the fossil record that uh, snakes at one point probably had legs and walked on legs, um, And because and, wh- why else would there be a curse that he would always crawl on his belly and eat the dust, you know? If he was already crawling on his belly, then that wouldn't have been a curse, so Uh, That was the curse on the serpent. And then, of course, in verse number 14, that that, that was the curse on the serpent. Verse 15, I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception, which we all know that, pain and childbirth, right? In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. I don't know how he was originally in the garden. Of course, Adam was created first. God created Eve out of Adam's rib, you know, from Adam's rib. But, but one of the curses on the woman is that the husband was going to rule over her. And again, it's not, it's it, it, and then we see that very plainly recorded for us again in Ephesians chapter five, that the wife is, is to be in subjection to her husband, in submission to her husband. That's her role. And so she is to give the husband that respect. Now, um, uh, it is it is required that a wife give that respect to her husband. It's it is it's the role of a wife that she give that that honor to her husband. But she also does that as an expression of love. She's not just doing it because oh well, I have to give I gotta give the respect to my husband. That's what the Bible says. You know, um, it, it's perhaps in part because of the responsibility on him to be the leader, but the way a husband most feels love is when his wife communicates that willingness to follow him and to, and to, uh, to follow his leadership. Uh, and, that, and, and really what that does is it communicates her respect to him as a person. And, and wives struggle with that sometimes. You know, to them, respect is something that you have to earn by proving that you deserve that respect. And in a lot of ways, you know, in a business and uh, in, in, a, in, a, in, in a lot of different things. I mean, that's the way that it is. You've got to earn that respect, you know? Uh, a boss could come into work and, and demand that people do this and this and this, and they do it, but that doesn't mean that they respect him. He has to earn that respect. But this, it's different in a marriage. A wife is commanded to give respect, not if the husband is worthy of it or if the husband earns it. She's commanded to give the, him that respect. And, and actually, we speak often about the importance of, of unconditional love Uh, But we don't speak as often about the importance of respect. Uh, Actually, both love and respect are are due to every person because we're made in the image of God. Uh, And so uh, a wife is not expected to respect her husband for something that he's not. You don't have to lie to yourself or your husband pretending that he's arrived in areas that he hasn't arrived in. But don't let that stop you from respecting who he is. In particular, he's your husband. And he deserves that respect because that is what the, the wife's role is. Now, the Bible doesn't teach us, and I mentioned this last week, that all women are to be in subjection to all men. Um, well, you're a woman, I'm a man, you do what I tell you to do. No, it's, it's not that way. I mean, obviously, there are certain situations. You know, if you have a boss at work and he's a man and you're a woman, then you have to obey your boss, you know. Um, but, but when it comes to... Every woman being in subjection to every man. That's not what the Bible is talking about. The Bible is talking about a wife and her husband uh, placing herself under the leadership of her husband. That's pleasing to the Lord. Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 18, and you have a lot of these w- uh, uh, written down there for you, so you don't have to turn over there unless you'd like to, but Colossians chapter 3 and verse 18, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Of course, that doesn't mean that a wife is not also her husband's partner, that they don't share in ideas, they don't share in concerns, they don't share in the input and what goes on in the home. I think a husband is foolish that does not take the uh, advice of his wife or at least at least the input of his wife. Um, and, and, but ultimately, the, the decision for what goes on in the home falls to the husband. And so the wife, whether she likes it or not, whether she agrees with it or not, is to follow her husband in the decisions that he makes. And then, by the way, God also puts the responsibility for the decisions that are made on the husband. If it was a wrong decision, he doesn't blame the wife for it. The husband's going to be the one that answers to God for the decisions that go on in the family. But again, the wife has to give that respect. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and verse 3. But I would have you know that the head of the every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. So a wife who gives respect to her husband isn't isn't in any way less than her husband. Uh, She's communicating love to him in a way that that deeply meets his needs and fulfills her responsibility. Um, I know it kind of became a joke with J.J. and Cherie. J.J., he he, he latched onto this thing last week. Respect me, woman, you know. Uh, But now I'm going to give um, Cherie something that she can uh, hang over his head this week. Because a wife's currency is love. Uh, The currency that a wife most needs and understands is love. And that's why God instructs husbands to demonstrate love. We see that in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 25. Husbands, love your wife, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies, He that loveth his wife loveth himself, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. Now men, I think a lot of times think that physical provision, putting food on the table, uh, you know, putting a car in the garage, fixing the washing machine when it's broken, you know, uh, that's what fulfills the, the husband's responsibility in marriage. Well, I'm a provider for my family, and as long as I provide for my family, then I'm doing what a husband needs to do. The role of a provider is very important, Um, but a wife needs more than physical provision. She needs very frequent expressions of love and affection. Uh, We have this flawed images of of love that the kind of love God commands, you know, husbands to give to their wives is almost beyond our comprehension. And you look at, I mean, God talked about this in Ephesians 5 there. The way that Christ loved the church is the way that a husband is supposed to love his wife. We can't even comprehend the love that Christ has for the church. We can, we can see it demonstrated, we can talk about it, we can look at it, but we can't even comprehend the love that, that Christ has for the church. And so God gives us two specific ways that husbands are to show love, and the first is by sacrificing, right? Isn't that what Jesus Christ did for us? He sacrificed not just his things, not just his comfort, not just heaven, he sacrificed his life for us. Um, that's, you know, he gave himself for it, the Bible says about Christ of the church. And that, that, that far surpasses the normal marital love between two people who, who don't know the Lord. It's, it's not a reciprocal love. It's a volitional love. The love of Christ was acted out. John chapter 15 and verse number 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. So the first way that we show love is by sacrificing. The second way flows out of the first way, and that's love by serving. Love by serving. That's the kind of love that Christ himself modeled for us. He says that in John chapter 13, and verse 13. He called me master and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. I read a story about a, a, a pastor in South Korea. It was, uh, I think it was Bible Baptist Church or something like that. His name was Dr. Daniel Kim. And uh, for over 50 years, he shared the story of when he asked his, well, it wasn't his father-in-law yet. I guess you could say his prospective father-in-law for his daughter, uh, Young Soon was her name, but asked if he could marry her. And so before answering Dr. Kim, his soon-to-be father-in-law told him a story from almost 20 years earlier. He said this, during the Korean War, uh, he and his family were fleeing what's now North Korea for South Korea. It was a journey of many miles made completely on foot and mostly under cover of darkness. Young Soon, now his wife, was very young, would often cry, which was a great danger to herself and the entire group. In fact, the group they were with insisted that Mr. Kim separate from them for their safety. He continued on without them, carrying Young Soon the entire journey to the south. So as he finished up telling this young man who wanted to marry his daughter about that story, about the fact that that she literally put his and everyone else's life in danger, but he was willing to do it for her uh, to get from the north into the south. He He looked at this young man that wanted to marry his daughter, and he said this, I risk my life for her. She is my most treasured possession. You may marry her if you promise to love her like that. And that's exactly the way that a husband should love his wife. Most of us know nothing of the kind of sacrificial love that Jesus Christ showed us. Uh, we can try to understand it. We can see glimpses of it. Um, but God made it even more accessible for us to understand. <clears throat> Not only does God command a husband to love his wife as Christ loved the church, he commanded a husband to love his wife the way that he loves himself. And, and boy, I tell you what, especially as husbands, we love ourselves, you know, uh, the ego of men is legendary. Uh, it's, you know, e- men's ego is, is very, it's a very well-known thing. Um, we think so highly of ourselves. So God tells us, you know how to love yourself. Love your wife the same way that you love yourself. Uh, and you'll be doing well. Husbands and wives have equal value to God, but they, they have different needs. They have different roles within the marriage. And embracing those roles and learning how to meet each other's needs uh, allows both the husband and the wife to give to the marriage something that's very valuable and to give to the other uh, spouse something that's valuable to both of them. As a husband is, is given respect and as a wife is given love, both of them are fulfilling their role that God gave them to fulfill. And here's the thing, a husband can't wait to love his wife until she respects him. A wife can't wait to respect her husband until she loves him. We're we're commanded to give that in a marriage regardless of whether as a husband we get that respect or as a wife we get that love. But you know what happens? The more a wife gives her husband respect, the more he's going to reciprocate and give her that love. The more a wife respects her husband, I mean, the more more a a, a husband loves his wife, the more she's going to reciprocate and give him that love. So, now let's look at this then, the th- number three is currency conversions. Think back to our comparison of the, con- co- uh, the currency conversions that we talked about at the beginning of last week um, as an illustration of meeting each other's needs. When you're traveling internationally, the sooner you figure out the currency exchange, the quicker, um, uh, basically learn to do it automatically in your head, the more you're going to enjoy traveling in a different country. It got to that point with us in, in Romania. I would see a Romanian price, I would do the conversion in my head, and okay, that's that much money in American dollars. I can afford that. That's not bad at all, you know? Uh, and that's exactly the, the place that we have to get to in a marriage. In a, in a lot of ways, marriage is a lifelong journey of exchanging the currencies of love and respect back and forth, giving to each other. It's the husband purposefully learning to, to give the wife the respect, the husband, uh, and the wife... Uh, I'm sorry, it's the husband purposely uh, learning how to give his wife love and the wife purposely learning how to give her husband that respect. Uh, neither love nor respect is more valuable than the other. No one spouse is more worthy of one than the other. There are two currencies with the same value. Just like I said, you know, $4.25 in, in lay is worth one American dollar. It's two completely different currencies, but 425 lei is exactly the same value as one American dollar. They're the same value. they're just different currencies and that's uh, you know that's exactly what we're talking about with love and respect. Same value in a marriage, just just different currencies and, and the husband needs the one currency, the wife needs the other currency. that's the way that it goes. So let's let's, um, um, let's look at these things in in in, in a little bit of detail. In fact, Matthew chapter 16, verse 25. Um, why is it so important to understand these uh, differences and then purposefully make the conversion? Husbands and wives both, and we all do this. We tend to assume that our wife's greatest need or our husband's greatest need uh, is, is what our greatest need is. Um, Because respect is a great need in a husband's life that his wife can supply, sometimes he assumes it's her greatest need as well. Same thing with the wife, you know? Uh, um, It's more natural for a wife to show affection than respect, and to feel more hurt when her husband shows that respect without affection. Um, Dr. Emerson Egrich has written a lot of different books on um, marriage and love and all of that kind of stuff. He wrote a book, Love and Respect, The Love She Most Desires, The Respect He Desperately Needs. And he calls this, in that book, he calls it the the crazy cycle. He says this, a husband is demanding to his wife, and she in turn cuts him down. She feels unloved, and he feels disrespected. Unless one of them will break the cycle, their responses tend to escalate into unloving, disrespectful ways. And in reality, both spouses want the opposite of what they're refusing to give. There's a lot in that statement, but that's exactly true of what happens. A wife, you know, a wife thinks, well, the husband just needs love, so she doesn't give him that respect. A husband thinks, well, she just needs respect, and he doesn't give her that love. And then they're, they're stuck in that cycle, and neither one of them wants to break out of the cycle and give what the other one needs. And so a, a Christ-like love, especially for your spouse, does, does not emphasize rights over responsibilities. Uh, it doesn't demand the other spouse to first show love in a way that, that he ought to show love, and then she'll give the respect, or vice versa. It's willingness to lay down your own rights for your spouse. I'm going to love my wife whether she respects me or not. I'm going to respect my husband whether he loves me the way I think he should love me or not. That's, that's what we're talking about here. Matthew 6, chapter 16 and verse 25, you have that there under that number three. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Uh, and, and how that's played out in every marriage is going to look a little bit different, but let me give you a few things uh, for, for both spouses, And the first thing is demonstrating respect. Obviously this is for wife uh, for a wife, and so there's five ways that a wife can communicate that respect to her husband. And by the way, this list here, these five things were uh, written by a woman who compiled these things. So I'm not just you know giving, giving the ladies everything that they need to know, because I have a grudge against them or something like that. But the first one is to give genuine acceptance. What a refuse to try to change our husbands? I say our A wife ought to refuse to try to change her husband. Uh, Respect how God made him. Uh, You know, his physical characteristics, his personality, even his quirks. I mean, those are, God made him that way. And and of course, you know, we don't, uh, I'm I'm not saying that we ought to condone behavior that's not good. You know, well, he drinks every night. But that's the way that God made him, so I guess I'm not going to try to change that. No, certain things, I mean, obviously, you know, and, and, and still, a wife is, is well, we're, we're not going to get into that, but but basically the whole the, the physical aspect of it, the way he looks, the way that he is, you know. Oh well, he's balding, and I just you know I I can't handle somebody that's going bald, you know. Well, God made him that way, you know. It's not his fault. Embrace those quirks, you know. Don't try to change him. Well, you need to go get plugs put in, you know. I can't stand having a man with no hair. God made him that way. Leave, you know that, and that's what I'm talking about. We're completely accepted in Christ. We're valued in the sight of God simply because we're his children. So giving that full acceptance to your husband communicates that you respect him, that you value him simply for being your husband. Ephesians 1, 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. You know, when you were when you were dating, there were aspects of your husband's personality that you were really attracted to. And that's one of the reasons you decided to marry him. You know? Um you know, for example, he, you know, he might have a, a strong, silent decisiveness that you admired, but that comes with kind of sometimes a reluctance to talk deeply about different things. Uh, the temptation is to forget that your husband comes as a person, not a set of features. You know, you're not buying a vacuum cleaner from Walmart that comes in a box with all the features listed on the side of it. You've got a husband, Right? And he's a person, he's not a list of features, and when one of those features changes, well, take that thing back, you know, I hope I still have the receipt, you know. But that's the way that a lot of people look at it. Marriage lasts six months and, oh, this ain't what I expected it was going to be. Is there still a warranty on this thing? I'm taking it back, you know. Uh, your husband is a person. He's not just a set of features that you can try to change and whatever else. You, you choose instead to give him that full acceptance and look for ways to communicate appreciation for the specific features and characteristics that he has, you know, uh, specific aspects of his personality that you admire. So give genuine acceptance. The second thing is to support his decisions. Give your input during the decision-making process. A wife has that, I I don't think responsibility is the right word, but maybe the right. The wife has the right to give her input, but but when he makes a decision that goes against your better judgment, support him. Uh, do your best to work toward a good outcome on the decision. And when a decision that your husband makes does have a negative consequence, don't say, I told you so. I told you that was going to happen. You shouldn't have done that. I told you it was going to happen. You know what? He knows that. He knows that you told him. He knew that you said that that was going to happen. And if you continue to support him, even through the frustrating aftermath of a bad decision, then he's going to feel that support in a powerful way. Here's number three. Be a recreational. Be his recreational partner. You know, you remember when you thought it was fun to watch football with husband, just with your husband just so you could be together? You know, um, men are usually more event or action-oriented than women are. Uh, women tend to be more conversation-oriented, and, and those things change. I mean, sometimes a husband's more conversation and a wife is more action-oriented. I mean, things change, but, um, you know, for a wife, sometimes a deep conversation may make uh, you feel loved, um, and make him feel that he loves you, but, but choosing to spend time doing something that he loves, um, he, he, it makes him feel validated and makes him feel loved. Number four, pray for your husband's success. You know your husband's weaknesses better than anyone else. Um, maybe even sometimes better than he knows his own weaknesses. But don't make those things the focus of your prayers for him. Pray that, pr- pray that he'll succeed, not that he'll change. Uh, because honestly, when your husband succeeds, you succeed. Your family succeeds. And so, you know, there, there's a time when, it, you know, you, you might have a, he might have a blind spot in his life. He might have some blaring character flaw that he doesn't see, and you see it. You sh- Pray that God would open his eyes to those things, that the Lord would reveal it to him, but pray primarily that God would bless him. Um, if you spend your time in prayer for your husband thinking about how he needs to improve, then you're going to leave your place of prayer not saying, I need to support him in every way that he can. You're going to leave the place of prayer thinking, how can I change this in him? And it's not your job to change your husband. That's, that's up to the Lord to do those things. And it's your job to pray for his success. Colossians 4.12, Epaphras, who is one of you, servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. And then number five is to praise him privately and publicly. Uh, men are so cut down by society today that, that a, a wife who verbalizes praise is incredibly tr- attractive to a man. Um, uh, something as simple as a, a, a note left in his sock drawer I love you, and I'm, I'm behind you, and I'm supporting you, and, and I, you know, I'm your biggest fan, or whatever. I always like going on trips because my wife does this all the time. When, when I when we when I go somewhere by myself, I'll I'll get into my suitcase. I'll go to get something out. There'll be a note laying under this, you know, pair of pants, and then there's a note laying under this shirt, you know. And as I go through it, you know, I find it. Why do you think I'm gone so much? You know, uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, I don't do it for that. But but um, you know, it's it's like a windfall of respect currency for a man. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the the hearers. You know, you ought to tell him in private moments how much you love him. Uh, There's a lot of people who are good at showing that in public, and it's a completely different scene at home. Praise him privately and publicly. Talk about him positively to others, your children, your friends, on social media, uh, when he's present. Um, you know, public praise is a magnifier. Um, it multiplies its effect by the number of people hearing it. And, and, I, and I think here's something that's very, very important. A wife should never, ever belittle her husband, really in private or public, but especially in public. My husband, oh, he this, he that. Oh, he did, you know, even if it's a, even if it's a joke, you know, even if you're saying it in a joking way. You ought never to belittle your husband because that erodes that respect. It erodes that relationship. Um, you know, if you have a concern, talk to him about it. If you have something that's an issue between you, it's not, you know, uh, things that go on in your marriage ought not to be something that is, is public knowledge or, you know, shouldn't be out there for public consumption. Well, I just, I just had to tell somebody, so I'm putting this on social media so that a couple of my friends... No, everybody's going to see it, you know. Your husband's probably going to see it too. And then, you know, all it does is just it just takes away from that respect that a wife should be giving to her husband. So uh, showing respect, demonstrating respect, that's the ways that a wife can do that. Now, demonstrating love. Here's five ways, and we'll try to go through this quickly, that a husband communicate, can, can communicate love to his wife. Seek to understand her. Now, that's a lifelong pursuit, I know, uh, because I don't know if men will ever be able to completely understand women, but get to know your wife, study what her needs are, as well as what her likes are, you know, what her dislikes are, what her preferences are, uh, whether it's Diet Coke on a, you know, or a special place that she likes to celebrate on her, on her anniversary, you honor her by caring enough to learn and remember. For my wife, all I got to do is go buy a Cherry Coke and bring it home, you know, or a Kit Kat or Reese's or a Twix uh, or anything chocolate for that matter. It just kind of depends on the day, you know. Um, But I'll go buy a candy bar and I'll sit down in the car and she starts to look at it like this, you know. And of course, I've also learned this too. When you go to a, a drive-thru, do you want anything? No? All right, I'm going to order a couple extra things because I know exactly what's going to happen. It's going to get in the car and all my fries are going to disappear. You said you didn't even want any fries, you know? But that's, that's part of learning your wife, you know? If she says she doesn't want something, she does, you know? Uh, and and uh, it's, it's all part of that seeking to understand your wife. 1 Peter 3, verse 7. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. Number two, take initiative in spiritual matters. A husband's leadership in the home isn't just about financial decisions, it's, it's about spiritual leadership as well. Ephesians 5 verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Now, of course, that's talking about Jesus Christ with the church, but that's the, the way that Christ loved the church is trying to keep it spiritually pure, and that's the way that a husband ought to be doing in, in his uh, family as well, even if your personality isn't maybe a, a born leader. Uh, you can be proactive in initiating that spiritual growth in your family, and that is the husband's responsibility. Uh, it may start just by having a time of prayer, just reading the Bible together, whatever, you know, taking your wife and your family to church. However, but but it's the husband's responsibility to be the spiritual leader in the home. Um, it could be, you know, it could include initiate initiating... Um, conversations with your wife about something that you heard at church. I mean, it could be anything. It could be anything. But it's the husband's responsibility to take initiative in spiritual matters. Number three is to give and communicate security. Whether or not you and your wife both work or, you know, you have to assume the leadership and responsibility for providing the, the, uh, providing for your family's financial needs in the home. 1 Timothy verse five, uh, chapter 5 and verse 8. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. I mean, that's, that's strong language. A husband that doesn't provide for his family is, is somebody that's denied the faith and is worse than, a, than an unbeliever. Uh, but being a responsible provider gives your wife that security. But she also needs you to give her that spiritual and emotional security too. A lot of people, a lot of husbands just think, well, I go to work and I come home and I go down to the man cave and I spend the rest of the night there. I'm providing for my family. I'm doing my job. Not if you're not giving her that spiritual and emotional support at the same time. Um, she needs you to communicate your love often, tenderly, uh, freely, and that's that's done in a lot of ways. You know, um, frankly speaking, non-sexually. You know, verbal affirmations of love, um, showing her that you love her by doing things for her. Uh, she needs you to give and communicate that security. Number four is to spend time together as a family. Doesn't have to be Disneyland. In fact. Maybe it shouldn't. I don't know. I've never I've never had a desire to go to Disney World. I know some people are crazy about it. I, I, I don't even, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't even want to go, but, um, you know, a, a day at the park, an evening playing games, you know, camping, hiking, whatever, but, but spend time with your family. Um, women are wired to care for family relationships very deeply, and especially as they get older, and then they have grandkids, and I mean, they want the grandkids around them. They want to be able to, to take them and spoil them and do all of these things, and and, you know, husbands are like that too. But the wives and the grandmothers uh, have a, a deep need for those relationships. And so the more time you spend together as a family, the more you're building that bond and the more you're communicating to your wife that you love her and that you spend time together as a family. And by the way, your, your kids ought to know that you love your wife. You know, um, they ought to see you doing things that, that communicate that, you know. Kiss her in the living room. You know, my kids get to the point where they they want to see me give my wife a kiss, but they don't, you know. They're, they're doing this, you know, because <laughs> they want to see it, but they act like they don't want to see it. What they're looking at is dad loves mom. My dad used to do that kind of stuff with my mom all the time, and it was, I mean, it was, you know, we knew that they loved each other. By the way, today would have been my mom's 57th birthday, but she, uh, you know, my dad would come walking in, carrying my mom, you know, and, and, uh, you know, just all kinds of stuff like that, you know, and and he was just showing us kids that he loved her, and that's what a husband ought to do often, Um, and then um, number five is to communicate appreciation for who she is, Um, when it comes to communicating appreciation for what she does, even that, even in that we fall short so many times. Uh, wives have a lot of responsibility within the home, especially when it comes to taking care of the kids and, and so on. But your wife wants to know that you love her regardless of what she does for you. Um, you know, one of the things that, that we've done often, and uh, we enjoy doing it, and, and it's very easy to do, uh, husbands or wives, vice, both, both can do it. But you go on to Google and you type in love quotes, and tons and tons and tons of the, you know, just, just a picture with a with a quote on it pops up. You can save it to your phone and you can send it as a message. You know, and 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 basically what that does is just communicates to my wife when I send her one of those things that I'm thinking about you. And the quote matter. You know what the quote says is is always nice. You know, but but it's even more than just what the quote says. It's just it just tells my wife I'm thinking about you. You know, uh, we have this little thing. Um, it's a blue cow. <laughs> and I don't even know how it got started. I've no, it's a, it's, it looks like an eraser, and I think that might be what it is, but it's a blue, like, little flimsy, flexible cow, and it's been going on for years now. I don't even know how it started, but, but we'll hide it in different places, you know. I'll put it in her shoe. So she'll go to put her shoe on there's a cow in there, you know. So she pulls it out and she's like, oh, you got me, you know. And then I'll, you know, I'll go to put my hand in my pocket and there's a blue cow in my pocket, you know I mean. And we just, just back and forth. But it's just, it's small things like that that just, you know, uh, show to each other that you're thinking about them and that you love them. And, and, you know, and the funny thing is, you know, so I know where this cow is at and so I'm kind of, you know, and it, it might take several days or even a week or two before she finally gets to whatever I put the cow in, you know, but... But it's always, you know, and then I'll go in there and I'll notice that whatever the cow was in is moved. And I'm like, I know she saw that thing. You know, I wonder where it's at now, you know. And it's just, it's just ways to, to communicate appreciation uh, for each other. But especially husbands to, to appreciate and, and show your wife that she's an amazing person and that you appreciate everything that she is. And those are, these are just, you know, they're just starter suggestions. You, you find ways to purposely look for wives, ways to respect and to honor your husband. Husbands, to love and to cherish your wife. Didn't you promise that when you married her, that you would love and cherish her till death do you part, right? But then we, we fall short in that vow so often because we don't show our wife that we love and we cherish her. And so, um, you know, we, we, we spent a lot of, of time in this lesson describing the challenges of remembering the currency exchange. Husbands need that respect. Wives need that love. And, and vice versa. Wives need, res, wives need respect, and husbands need love, but the currency that a husband needs and understands the most is the respect and the honor that a wife gives to her husband. The currency that a wife needs and wants the most is the love and the expressions of love that a husband can give to his wife. And so, um, you know, the thing about currency is that regardless of what form it's in, pesos, Pounds, dollars, whatever—it doesn't buy anything unless you use it. So you can have all the knowledge that you need to give your husband that respect, or all the knowledge that you need to give your wife that love. But if you don't, you know, money in your pocket doesn't count for anything. You know, it only counts when you spend it. Um, So as we as we close, I want to encourage you to spend your currency on your spouse. Give your wife love. Give your husband respect. Don't just think. Love or respect. We often sit and think about how much we love our wives, you know? I'll be gone on a trip, and, you know, you start to think about it, and, man, I can't wait to get back home. And then you get home, and things just get back to normal, you know? We have to purposely go out of our way to give our wives that love. We have to purposely go out of our way to give husbands that respect. So go ahead and spend it. Give love. Give respect to your spouse. That's the best way to invest in your marriage. And if we're doing that, our marriages are going to be healthy. All right, let's pray. Father, we love you. Give me thank you for the day that you've given to us. I thank you for the time we can spend together. And I do pray that you'd be with us in this next service. Give us what we need this morning, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.